Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 249 for August 19th, 2020. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Klingspore. And um, there's a link on our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. You click on it, and it will take you to this sampler pack of 50 uh, eight-hole random orbit sander pads in grits, very low to very high. There's a whole bunch of them. And if you use one of the following three codes, you will get 10% off of that insane deal already. You can either use broccoli, utilize, or disagree. And I think we all know who those codes belong to individually. And, of course, the one you use will determine which one of us is the most liked by the audience. So, <clears throat> I guess... And there are no rules getting his. There's no, There's no rules. It, that's it. I mean, that's... if you are going to place an order for $3,000, I feel like you have an opportunity to perhaps spread that love around. Maybe uh, submit three $1,000 orders or well, whatever to right just one person. That's, I'm just saying. If, that's yeah. fine. Actually, you know Whatever. what? I'd like to tell everybody, I, I don't want your vote. I would rather Tim have it. I, I think it's more important that Tim win this. I, I feel that he's self-sacrificing constantly, always thinking of everybody else but himself. It's time Tim won. Tim who? What? Let's, Tim wins all no, the time. He he's, Tim is, he wants everybody else to be first. I think Tim needs to win this one. Oh, I get what this is. This is reverse psychology. It's not going to work. Nice no, try, Bill. Wow, that was really sweet, Bill. You're right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm co-hosting with the two most magnanimous people I've ever met. <laughs> they are no ego, totally humble. Anyways, no matter what happens, you use either one of those or any one of those codes, broccoli, utilize, or disagree, and you're a winner. Never mind the three yeah, of us. Amen. That's, uh, that's this week's, I like that. That's very good. Well, I have that in the script here. So. Um, Awkward. This week's... <laughs> <laughs> Access denied. That's what you want, I'm talking You wanted about. this. Phil, Phil oh, said Oh, good. No. Oops. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Hang on. Let's, let's do this. Actually, that Baby matched laughing. Phil's expression just now. That was pretty good. <laughs> All right. I've had enough of this already. I can't even... You've had enough. <laughs> Yeah, that, so that was Phil's brilliant idea for the show. He's like, I know what'll class this show up. Let's do some sound Foley, like, soundboard stuff. Like uh, AM radio DJs. Wow, I said none of those words. What I said was we should have a soundboard where one of us very judiciously inserts some sounds that would help the conversation. I didn't Not understand just mash, words. mash our keypads, so, our Tim, palms on keypad. Right here because you could have, like, you know, inserted a yawn sound as Phil was trying to back out of something. Right. I, well, I got to learn how to use this yeah. thing. That's yeah. That that's would make the show this better. This is why we need um, you to win, because obviously you're not very good at this. <laughs> if only you had some kind of musical background. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, and Jimmy Daresta. You know, it would have been more appropriate this week if you had used a gavel. Ooh, do uh, we all see on, that? Let me see. There might be one in here. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a gavel. That's I don't what what do you think a gavel is? It's this. 
Right? Nailed it. <laughs> Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Bray, Darren Mattis, Kling Spore, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, Keith Decent, and of course, Gangi and Pop-Pop Makerspace. And a speedy recovery to Gangi. Amen. It's real bell for that. The speedy re-recovery for Gangi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are we working on? Let's try to keep it to less than 40 minutes. Tim, go. Uh, I am uh, in the, like, not really the home stretch, but kind of close to the home stretch of my guitar truck. Third base. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll never be done. They'll never reach home, but but uh, I, I finally was able to get a bunch <laughs> of stuff. That's not what you want to say about a vehicle you're driving. <laughs> Well, mechanically, but you know, it's just like one of those things that there's always going to be something you're going to want to add, you know, like, like Bill's still doing stuff to his pickup truck about four years ago, you know, but, um, it's like, oh, new carpets, new runners, new, you know, um, it, but I got the carpet in, um, it really ties the room together, (laughs) 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 but no, but but seriously, like I was starting to sort of lay the carpet out. And um, I have these Foss floor carpet tiles they're made from recycled water bottles. They're like uh, 18, 9 inches long by 36 inches. Well, I guess 9 inches wide by 36 inches long. And um, I started to put them down, and it was like instantly, when they were just like loose, just laying on the floor as I was laying them out. I was like, oh, I, now it doesn't feel like I'm in the back of the truck anymore. Mm-hmm. It was like so mm-hmm. exciting. But so I got those in. I got the ceiling in. I got the trim in. Almost all of like the ugly stuff that I want to hide is covered, except for like one section still where I've been running all the wires like right above the door. Um, it's getting really, really cool, and they're really excited. And I just got in uh, this weekend. I I bought um, a bass amp. I was trying to see if I could get a deal with this company. I've got a couple of sound companies I'm working with, and I think one of them's going to hook this truck up with some some good equipment. Um, but then I, I was there was a specific bass amp that I wanted because you know I have my solar charger that is going to be running the PA system. There's this one bass amp. It's by a company called Phil Jones Bass, and they they made this. It's like a briefcase they call it it's about bigger than a briefcase but not much really um and it's a small base amp that you can plug into the wall and use it or it runs off a 12 volt battery like one of those not quite car battery size but you know half the size of it or not even you know, like almost like one of those big closer tiny. to a motorcycle like a motorcycle battery. battery yeah yeah but it's like um it just has two like regular kind of tabs oh on you know what actually I, we're nerding out on this battery but um Power a lot of uh, burglar alarms things like that use those yeah, size yeah, yeah 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 or even like we were talking about before about the computer backup system yeah. that might have been yeah, one of UPS's those yeah UPS's use those yeah. yeah yeah so it runs off one of those batteries they're like 20 bucks and they, you can recharge them um and uh it's so now I can have the base amp off of the solar system so it's not draining power from that which means I can use that power for other stuff and right so I un- you know, I was like trying to get them to strike a deal with this amp, but they don't make it anymore. They were just, it's been discontinued. They're making other stuff that's not battery powered necessarily. Okay. Like it's not necessarily designed for that because there just wasn't a huge market for people that needed high watt, small size battery powered bass amps. Go figure. Hmm. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, but um, but it's like perfect for my truck. And the guy talked me into buying the extension cabinet for it. <laughs> so, but he gave me a pretty good price. Like even though it wasn't like they, they weren't going to float it for you know, for a sponsorship kind of a, a thing. Um, you know, he gave me a, a pretty decent percentage off. And, and uh, so I got it in, and it's it's wicked cool. 
I was just messing around with it today, but so what I did is I put the extension cabinet on one side of the truck and then the, the base amp on the other side. I ran a wire through this, that part of the ceiling that's not covered yet, so I can connect them both. And so now my whole truck becomes like a base trap. Um, or like, and so it mm. like, so sort of like amplifies the truck a little bit, you know? I couldn't believe how much volume I was getting out of this thing off this $20 battery. You so know, you're basically was, uh, wicked, you have wicked, a cool. boom box that's a truck. That's a boom box. I have a yeah, a, a truck. With a passive boom, amplifier. Yeah, a truck boom box that that can thump like bass, you know, like uh, low end. So I've got the low end like pretty covered, and then so then when the PA system's in, it'll be like the microphones and the guitar and all the high end will go in there, and I'll probably put the bass in there too to give it a little bit of a lift. But I won't have the bass amp on that circuit, so it's going to save a couple hundred watts of power from being, you know, drained off of my, my solar charger, so it means I should just be able to get that much louder and last that much longer. So I'm super excited about that. New toy. And, um, yeah, the, I've been I've been busting my butt in this truck trying to get it sort of up and to some level of ready because um, I'm probably not going to have too much time to work on it uh, in the next coming months before its debut uh, trip to the Maker Camp in upstate New York. So I wanted to try to get it close to ready for that in October. Amazing. And that's me. Uh, who's next? No, didn't, didn't you also have the, the video of the Air Who that you just posted? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. I just I finally got to post the video of the of the two-string Air Who, which is like a Chinese fiddle. And um, it's typically, it's just like, it's just like basically a stick on a body with two strings on it, and you, and you bow them. It's a, it's a sort of unique instrument, but... Uh, I made it for my buddy Yang, who's in this band called The Either, and I'd made them the five-string electric pipa a few months back, and then this was the next instrument for them, and what they're doing is they're sort of merging Western instruments with these traditional Chinese instruments, making them electronic and loud and stuff, and so he wanted to put like a guitar fingerboard on this instrument that typically doesn't have any fingerboard at all, um, with frets in it and stuff. So we did that, and it's it's not an airhu anymore. It's so, someone called it a... Uh, an air who tar or something like that an air tar i don't know there's a couple a couple clever names that came up but uh, it's just really cool unique instrument there's a video out about that on my youtube channel if you want to see it um i'm pretty proud of it and i like the video too i was sort of explaining the instrument and the uh and the story and everything and I, I felt like it, i felt like i did a pretty good job of telling the story and not too too long of a period of time do you have any <laughs> other uh, instruments that they're working with you know you said they're trying. Uh, to well, come. they were just. Go ahead. Right, right. They were just at my shop. I mean, we knew going into this that, you know, they we were, like, I, I wish that I could have charged them less and not put the time into the fit and finish on these and just got them into their hands. Um, but they really wanted to to sort of like they're a very visual band, and so they were like, we don't want to, we don't even want to do it halfway. You know, so that so I had to put all the energy into the fit and finish of it. But now they've got it and they're playing it. And they're like, oh yeah, this is really cool. But I wish it did this, or I want to try that, or could we maybe do this? So they're just at my shop last week, and we're starting to go through some of that stuff. And and I made a few adjustments on some of the instruments while they were there. And yeah, so uh, Jaju has another idea for a pipa that's somewhere be- like we went way heavy on the guitar side this time. And she wants to kind of bring it back towards the traditional pipa next time. Uh, and then the air who. Um, Yang wants to maybe spread the strings out a little further, almost like a guitar, and like sort of change some of the, the measurements of that. Um, you know, we were talking about doing, uh, making the fingerboard a little wider so you can do more like bends like a guitar and stuff. So I'm sure I'll be making more stuff for him. That's like awesome. that's, that's, 
The, I mean, it, I love that you're basically inventing instruments. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, they all they're all basically just strings that you pluck and you make them shorter and longer to make different pitches. Like every stringed instrument is basically that. Mm-hmm. You know, as Bill knows, he's made a few. They're all based the same basic well, thing. Even a like piano is a stringed instrument, so. Yeah, well, technically it's considered a percussion instrument because of the way you hit them, but yeah, it's just the strings hammers, of different yeah. lengths, right. you know. Um, and so, you know, the, with the stringed instruments like we're talking about, it's like strings that you manipulate with your hands uh, to sh- change the length of them to change the pitch. So at the end of the day, that's all there is to it. It's just, it gets complicated with some of the, you know, the angles and the, the approach to the best way for the musician to handle it uh, and, mm-hmm. to, and to change those lengths that works for them, you know. But yeah, I'm digging it up. It's, I mean, these, these jobs, like, the amount of time you put into them in comparison to, like, like if I were to just make another six-string guitar, like, I could I could make more money <laughs> for the amount of hours that I work, you know what I mean? Because I'm not reinventing the wheel, like, every step of the way. But, um, right. You know, so but it's just so so much more rewarding doing this type of work. It's got to be infinitely more just yeah. problem solving, creative, uh, oh, interesting, and rewarding. I mean, it's like it's like yeah, you're pedaling uphill the whole time, but then when you when you get to the top of the hill, it's just like oh, you're like rocky, you know. Da-da-da-da. Yeah, I earned that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm working. Oh, how does that song go? How does that song go? Hang on, I think I have it in my phone. Hang on. Yeah. And I am I am working on another guitar that's not reinventing the wheel, but it is for me because I've never done it. I'm making a seven string. Um, multi-scale guitar right now, which means that one of the some of the strings are all they're all different lengths, and so the frets are actually at an angle. There's some like complicated math that goes into it, but there's you know computers that do a lot of that for you. Um, it's, it's got an extra string. I'm working on that too. That's getting near done. I need to wrap that up pretty soon. I've had that job for a while, but it's been, I've been sitting on it because I'm like hemming and hawing about steps and stuff. So yeah, mm. I, I was trying to keep it under. I was trying to keep it short, but then Bill started asking questions. I feel like Bill likes to um, draw out some of your answers. That way, he doesn't have to say as much. He can stay mysterious. Well, that and I just haven't done okay. anything, so yeah. Mysteriously not doing anything. Although, if you look behind me, check this out. Look what I found. See those two orange tubes? Yeah. What are those? So somebody, I Orion. Huh? Orion. I don't even know what it says, but what they are is they're, they're waterproof tubes. And when you open them up, inside of them is it's an emergency kit for an airplane, right? Because somebody was going to throw them out at the oh. airport. But what's most exciting yeah. is inside of them is a flare gun <laughs> that has three, like, shotgun shell flares on it that you can... So I'm like... Yeah, no, this sounds like a good idea, yeah. <laughs> yeah what could possibly go wrong? Uh, yeah. <laughs> In your tiny garage. <laughs> this thing is so, so you light it right here. <laughs> you, you unscrew it. It's got some emergency okay. flares, oh right? Waterproof flares. Uh huh. It's got this guy. The flare gun. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I, even I want to shoot that. You know, it is Orion. <laughs> it's made it's, out of yeah. plastic. Oakland man starts forest fire. What? Well, yeah. There's a lot of fire. Yeah, don't, play, don't play with that now. Oh, and I yeah. don't know what this is. Oh, this is an orange smoke signal. So you pull this, and it gives you the, the orange smoke. So wait, where did you right. get these? Somebody was going to throw these away at the airport, because these the are inside day. of an airplane. If an airplane goes down, like, over yeah. water or yeah. somewhere, you can... There's the flares, the emergency flares. Signal for help. This yeah. is handheld marine red signal flare. So you hold this one, it yep. pops up yeah. in the air. It's got the one that you yeah, shoot. It's like a Roman candle, yeah. I think this is a flare gun. i got to read the destructions on it. Maybe this is an actual yeah. shotgun. That'd be cool. 
Anyway, Oakland man shoots himself in face with flare gun. Oh. Instruction manual missing. <laughs> More at 11. You know, they don't call it the destruction manual for nothing. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, a handy no, dandy I heard say um, bright orange plastic blanket. Oh, is it a space blanket? I Something like that, yeah. Yeah. No, you use it on Earth. It's a tarp, it's got little strings on it, so it could be used for all kinds of things, like a little tent or whatever. Flotation device, yeah. I think it's an right. apron, I think it's an apron. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little jealous of that find. Dude, this is kind of, oh, and of course uh, a squishy, uh, one of those things where you break it and it's glows green. Glow stick. Yeah, glow stick. Yeah. yeah. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> I said Showing squishy, it feels like, yeah. what? <laughs> but, no, I mean, we've all seen those at raves, right? Yes. I, I mean, never been to nothing. a rave, but I've seen it on TV. So that's what I've okay. been doing. I am I am always, you know, keeping my eyes peeled for interesting things. And, um, yeah, and maybe I can figure out something to come up with for the, the tube itself is even kind of cool because it's watertight. So, who knows? Yeah. Yep. How about you, Phil? What have you that's been up to this past seven-day period? Um... A lot of work, doing doing uh, doing a lot of projects at work. So work's going well. I'm happy to say. Um, like on the home front, my my, uh, my backyard neighbor, and we sort of our our back doors stare at each other. Um, he wanted to wall mount a TV to the outside of his house so that he could watch the uh, the NHL playoffs from his backyard on his deck. So after after I asked him, are you sure? Because that sounds like a horrible idea. He said yes. <laughs> we we I went ahead and wall mounted it for him, and it's actually a super cool idea because you could sit outside there and scream and yell, and the kids could be sleeping, and you could be drinking beers out there all night. It's fantastic. <laughs> so, so yeah. So uh, turns out that uh, the cheap Chinese uh, masonry bits I have uh, burned out pretty quick, and I really want a hammer drill because because then those doing cheap one with Chinese regular, bits would work really well if you had a hammer drill. Yeah, they they probably would burn out, but my back wouldn't burn out. You know, you got to really push with a regular. The reason why drill. they burned out I mean, is because you didn't have a hammer drill. I promise you. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. probably right. Probably right. Anyway, so so that's going to be my next uh, Kijiji uh, Craigslist uh, Facebook Marketplace scouring, and I feel like you can get them for not a crazy price either. Sixty bucks maybe for, you can even for get a corded a cordless, one. Whatever whatever brand tools you use probably makes a cordless one. You could probably get. What I mean, yeah. just a, you can even gosh, yeah. you can even just rig up an impact. You could use an impact driver if you can get the because they have they just take the you need a chuck. Yeah, yeah, you need a chuck, so you have to have the the drill bit that you can, you know, chuck into that or buy. You can buy those chucks for like twenty bucks. So do you have an impact driver? Yes and no, yeah. Tim. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I know they're not as good because but in a, in a impact pitch. driver like hammers in a rotation, whereas I feel like the hammer drills hammer forward right. as well. It goes up and down. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah, you can use it like use for small it things, but if you're actually trying to use yeah. a masonry bit for what it's intended for, a hammer drill is the way to go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I guess I'm yeah. If you're trying to case. trying to anchor two by fours to concrete, I guess you you're not going to want to use your impact driver. But but uh, yeah, you could get one of those shotgun things. And Bill has the cartridge for him now. For his <laughs> gun. Oh, perfect, perfect. Let's mail munitions over an international border. Um, no, anyways, I, I wanted to have one for a while. You know what? It's one of those sort of tools that you're like, when am I ever going to use this? And then you're like, huh, it'd be really cool if I had this because I really want to use this now. And I have drilled into masonry like 
way, way more often than I thought I would. You know, like I've hung out like a garden hose, you know, real thing and, and dryer vent and even one of my fence posts, I, I bolted directly to the house. So I, I think you use them, right? Mm. I'm going to get one. You know what? Decision made. I'm getting Good one. Good for you. Get a box. Uh, get a cordless okay, box. We're going to pause. <clears throat> yeah. Pause while I do that now? Well, the transaction would happen in a COVID-friendly environment where I could do a handoff with some rando. Um, and I feel like, and I still have a couple of, you know, commission things to do, like that light fixture thing, and I, I haven't done that at all. I like it all at all. I feel Are like I did busy? do something. I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I've been busy. Super busy, you know? Just with you, stuff. You were busy posting the most Canadian photograph you could possibly uh. post today of your, of your little boy on his way to summer camp with his hockey stick and his hockey bag. In his Canada bag. So the only... The only uh, so I posted a picture of Jake going to camp today, and he was at basically the only camp that exists this summer because they were ready, willing, and able to follow the government guidelines, uh, and the camp is called Sport Life. And basically every single week, it's a different sport, and the kids are treated as though they're celebrity athletes. There is a draft, and there's the regular season from Monday to Thursday. The, the playoffs are on Friday. There's like a trophy celebration at the end for the team that wins. His team won uh, soccer week last week. Uh, the next two weeks are actually ice hockey because normally they spread them out throughout the summer, but they didn't know how they were going to do ice hockey with the arenas. Uh, so they saved it for the end. They figured it out. And so today was day one of hockey and uh, any great time. You put one in and you're super happy. So uh, so I'm thrilled. And, you know, there's not much going on for the kids this summer. They're doing a lot of tutoring. Yeah. My daughter is in one of these backyard camps. I don't know if you know what these things are, but basically it's a it's a group of like five kids that are in your bubble. You hire somebody who's wearing a face mask all day who can't help the kids do anything but is there to supervise and you rotate backyards and the counselor figures out activities and stuff. That's awesome. Anyways, doing our best for these kids, yeah. You know, it seems like, Phil, since you are now unemployed, you are more successful and busier <laughs> than when you had a job. Tim? Crickets? Oh, hang on. There's got to be crickets on you. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready. It's got to take some practice. First of all, I will have you know that I currently now have a team of people that work for me. Did you, did you so, not hear the way I said that? I said, now that you're unemployed... Yes, it sounded awful. You're more successful I'm not and you're busier than when you had a real job. That's a compliment. I am... <clears throat> only a very small part of that is a compliment. Sounds like a space cricket with gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try this one. Try that one. Perfect. Oh, I'll just leave this. I'll just leave yeah. this open. That's all we need. Please and thank you. Um, yeah, no. So I've got. I use an outsourced team of uh, of people. I've got an analyst and I've got a programmer, and we're a nice little trio and. So, you know, like, uh, I don't want to brag, but I'm kind of a big deal. And, uh, anyways, that's what I've been up to. I don't know. Why, why are we talking about this? Next. Um, well, actually, one of our questions, um, we'll give you an opportunity to talk about this a little bit once we get into the topic. Okay. Give you a chance to humble brag, you know. All right. Well, I'm awful at that. Tim, why don't you um, explain to everybody what our topic is and why it's called Raka? I mean, why it's called <coughs> Q&A? You know, the funny thing is, by the time someone's listening to this, one of those two will be the title. I think they both will be. I think I've decided that I'm just going to put them both. 
Oh, great job, King Solomon. Yeah. You instead of instead of splitting the baby in half, you cloned it. In half. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> There's now two babies. Um, we we had a couple calls that we didn't get to last week, and so we put out. Uh, we said, "Well, we'll do another Q and A episode." Um, and we only had one more question come in, and I think that <laughs> is attributed to. I'm attributing that to August, um, because it's like August, you know. But. The good news is, is that all three questions are really good questions, and I think it's going to make a great show uh, if we don't get too pedantic and tied up into one of them. We'll get to all three of them. So let's... <laughs> Do you even know us? Uh, right. So basically, we'll, we'll finish this next week. <laughs> We're not even going to get to the questions. We're already halfway through our time. But um, uh, let, let's do them in order, maybe. Um, sure. So the first one was from... Ryan, what Huntsman is it now? What is it? It's Ryan, Ryan Ridgely, uh, he's but he's with Huntsman Ryan Outdoors. He will I believe it's be Hunts. No, no, it's Huntsmen. That's no. what I, how I read it. Actually, I'm Ryan, Ryan Huntsmen as Candace. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> mostly. Yeah. I assume they're the same person. She seems lovely. Which are you? I don't assume they're the same person anymore. Then. <laughs> I don't know. It's a very confusing thing, but okay, whatever whatever pronoun you want to use, right. good person. Okay, let's, let's hear the question. All right, here we go. Okay. Hey, guys. Ryan here, Huntsman Wildlife, formerly Barn Rat Studio. A uh, possible show topic for you, idea, suggestion, who knows. Uh, Phil, Tim, I, I know you guys are, are personally self-employed and uh, don't, don't really uh, pertain to this. Bill, uh, this might be a topic that you could really shine on. But I've realized with my new career path, uh, protecting health and property, that I have, uh, due to my two and a half, three years of reclaiming, uh, found some creative and fantastic ways to perform my duties and take care of my clients, all while reclaiming, upcycling, and salvaging some materials. Uh, so possible topic conversation to talk about uh, how you might be able to use reclaiming and upcycling and salvaging for a day job that it might not necessarily uh, be for. Yeah. Anyways, thanks, guys. Oh, and uh, are you proud of me? I didn't even bring up moving sidewalks. That was pretty good. Um, you know, it's it's interesting that he says that because being a maintenance person, a facilities maintenance person, that's basically all I do. Because most often, uh, even though I work for a city agency, the maintenance department has, they don't bring in money. We only spend money, mm. right? So there's never any money to have. Everybody's always complaining about it. So my job is to essentially, if something breaks, I need to get it going again with whatever I have on hand at the time until we can either come up with the money or to get a contract. If, if it's, it's a bigger thing, we have these uh, airplane hangers these giant steel doors that are on these wheels. We really need to hire, when there's work to be done to that, a company that deals with garage doors and these mono things. But in the meantime, I've got a guy that can't get in his hangar because the wheel is broken. So I'm going to go through and look for old gate wheels that I have. I'm going to go look through materials, pieces of metal that I've scrapped together and saved. And I'm going to try and weld up a bracket. I'm going to do whatever I can to fabricate something to band-aid this thing back together until we can get the proper fix in, whether I make the proper repair later when I get the right parts, or uh, if we hire a contractor or a vendor to come out and do the work. So to simply answer his question, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm constantly reclaiming and upcycling 
materials that I have at my shop uh, that I can use. I mean, I'll, I'll save a, a piece of um, a chain link fence pipe because I know I can use that steel tube for multiple things. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'll save pieces of old chain link fencing because I can use that to mend together other pieces of fencing. I'll save two by fours and pallets because I know that <clears throat> I might have to make a crate or something to ship out something that I need to get repaired. Uh, yeah, it's, we're constantly doing that. I think most maintenance departments, again, facilities type maintenance is like that. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we don't have the money, mm -hmm. so you got to make do with what you have. So that's kind of maybe not environmentally on purpose, but it's kind of environmentally friendly, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not the means, it's the ends, I guess, in this case, right? Yeah. I, th I think it's an interesting question because, you know, one of the things I was just thinking about today is how the way... You know, if you want to talk about, you know, waste and climate change and whatnot, the way it always seems to get portrayed is it's like it's up to us to not use these plastic trash bags. It's up to us to buy Priuses and it's up to us to recycle the cat food can. There's all this pressure put on the consumer about minimizing our waste. But in reality, it's the businesses that are the problems, right? I mean, sure. there's these giant factories and businesses and, and organizations in what I would like to see is, I mean, that should be a position. Like, I'm not like, obviously, you know, Bill's doing what Bill's doing but it's a smaller place I'm talking about like these giant factories that should be like a job there should be someone whose job is like wait you know waste management in a different sense not about just like, managing the throwing stuff away but managing what's getting thrown away and how to minimize that so, you know something tells me that that probably it's probably is a, a thing, thing now more now yeah. than it was even uh -huh. 10 years ago but I bet you it's much more of a, yeah. a thing now yeah and you so know, the funny thing is the statistics that you're bringing them up they are they're insane like all household garbage in the U.S. accounts for three percent of garbage in the U.S. Right, right. It's, it's almost entirely industry yeah. and and commercial. And I, so and like, I feel we're like, oh yeah, let's separate our garbage. Yeah, right. Yeah, I feel I horrible when something. A, yeah, you know, when a when a water bottle slips through my fingers and ends up in the garbage, I feel horrible. Like, oh my god, I just right. the planet. Meanwhile, you know, Mr. Monopoly yeah. over here is is just spewing garbage into a river. Yeah. You know. But take a look at the giant ships that transport goods across the ocean. They're not using jet fuel. They're not using gasoline, diesel. They're using the lowest grade of fuel that there is. It's like this sticky, crude oil. Yeah. And what it right burns and puts into the atmosphere is awful. Yep. Awful. Yep. And, and it, it, whatever we're speeding up with our cars, and not to say that we shouldn't make efforts and we shouldn't convert to electric and all that stuff, but industry has to be changing. Like, there's got to be cheaper ways to transport goods because that's really what is transforming putting all the carbon into the air. And, and here's how it works. The reason we buy Priuses and the reason we, like, find the sneaker that's made with recycled rubber and stuff is because the, the companies will do what the consumer wants. So if we stop buying the gas guzzlers and we stop buying the sneakers that are, they kill unicorns for or whatever, like, they will stop making them. They, they're, you know, the, the, the whole thing is about making profits. So now the other thing that can happen is that the people that work there, and this is, you know, coming back to Ryan's comments and questions, is like, I've had jobs. And, and you know, like, I've worked in places, and you just see it. Just like, just people don't give a crap. It's like, I make eight bucks mm -hmm. an hour. I don't care. They're throwing stuff away, waste. And we need to change that attitude, too. Like, if, if the employees, just like if we buy Priuses, they'll stop making Hummers, if the employees stop like just throwing away reams of paper because there was an ink stain on the first page, you know, and all that type of stuff, um, mm -hmm. the companies will change too. So it, it is completely, they're not going to do the right thing. They haven't yet. Why would they start now? 
The only way they're going to do the right thing is if we encourage them to do the right thing. Because they won't even do the right thing. Like, you know, that's where you get into, like, government policies on whether the government should control them or what and this and that. And that's a whole big debate. And it doesn't matter at the end of the day. They're only going to do what we pay them to do and what we don't pay them to do. It's the most powerful tool we have against this. They'll take, they'll make, they'll do what makes sense for them. I'll give you an example because it's awful. Exactly. And I worked somewhere for six years and in my office and in all of the offices in the building and even at every desk in the open space, there was a, you had your own garbage can and you had your own recycling bin. So the garbage can was, I guess, for food waste or whatever. And the recycling bin was for paper. And I worked there for six years and maybe a week before you know, I finished up there, however that happened, uh, I found out that those two things just go into the garbage. Yeah. That's common. That's the common. whole thing was a sham just to make yeah. the employees feel good. But at the end of the day, the cleanup crew just took both bins and emptied them both into the garbage. Yeah. I, my, I always and feel I was like, that. You go to why? a hotel, some hip hotels will now have a recycling bin. You're like, oh, finally, you know, you know that they're just doing the same thing. For sure. It's all image marketing. And the thing is, is like the only way to get a company to do the right thing is to make it either impossible for them not to through legislation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Right. So through legislation or to make it unprofitable to do so. Exactly. And I guess that's probably also with legislation or with customer demand. But at the end of the day, what's cheaper will always win. Yep. I kind of like what Tim said to begin with. I think one of the ways to get corporations to actually do something differently is as consumers just even a little bit again we're trying to save the entire planet um, but as consumers if, if I if I just make a conscious decision to make sure the packaging on stuff I buy has been recycled at least once right all of these little things we just need to do more and more of that I think it's a lot easier to do than to try and tackle on some of these big things or at least maybe there's people out there that can take that on, but most of us aren't going to, yeah. and we can't. Yeah, but we can't. But I can't. I it's don't not know going fast enough. That's no, the problem. No, it's not. I mean, we can we can all do that, and it helps us feel better about ourselves. But like, if, it's well, it's one it's, thing to it's say three percent to say we're not doing this fast enough. But then, what is the speed at which we need to do that? We need to start speaking to our politicians. And, and voting in a way and writing into those con- and making them understand that it's an important issue for everyone that they like legislate. Said, yeah. The same thing is with the factories. It's like, look, they've never changed their ways. Why should they start now? How are people going to change their ways about involving politics? Because we don't do that. There are some very passionate people who yeah. do. Well, uh, you just have the, to make a phone call or write a letter to your congressperson. We're not going to do it, Phil. Oh. We're just not. Okay, don't. But some people I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be honest, though. I'm trying to be honest. No, he, well, he, you're right. Get on. He's right, because it, we've been... This is not new. This has been said the 60s yeah. and no, 70s. There were people new. writing their so congressmen So trying to have it. our politicians solve our problems doesn't work. Well, business don't change unless they're mandated to. to. Again, for us to each... Each one of us take responsibility. Just for me, in my kitchen, when I go to throw something away, if it goes into the right can. That's that's a start, and then maybe again when I go to the store and I buy something, I'm a little more responsible there. Oh, yeah, Making abs- those little changes is absolutely more likely to happen. Uh, well, it, absolutely, yeah. and and they are happening, and it's great, but it's yeah. not enough, is what what Phil is saying. It, it may not be enough, and it may not be fast enough, but it is happening, and I think it, it, when you step back and you look at the bigger picture, I, I think it looks a lot better than it does when you're standing in the middle of it. I've always said that. Because it's not happening fast enough, and it's not enough. But however, when you step back and you think about how much we were doing, 
how, what kind of bad things we were doing environmentally a few years ago. It, it was worse than what we are now. And I know there's the ups and downs with who's in office and all that and what changes are being made that way. But people, I think, in general are making better choices. That's all I'm saying. Yes, just not enough. <laughs> there's people higher up that aren't. And that's, you know, that's the big concern. Um, but, yeah, let's – I I feel like we – we answered that. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so if you if you work somewhere if you work somewhere and you see waste and you have a way to eliminate that waste, do something about it. It's up to you because no one else will. I'll even make it more fun for you if you work somewhere and you see something wasteful that's useful to you. Reclaim it, upcycle it, make something. Tell us about it, and we'll post it on our website. And talk about it on our show. And, that? and if you That's see something, fun. if you see something at that store that you work at for sale that you really want, you just go ahead and throw that right in the dumpster and come back and get it later that night. Wait, is that too far? No, that's reclaiming. <laughs> that's how that word got its name. We're trying to we're trying to separate the whole felonious reclaiming from helpful reclaiming. <laughs> felonious, excusez-moi. Ooh la la. Right? Yeah, Frenchie. Uh, it's like that weird sandwich meat called Bolognese. <laughs> right. you know? Who's got it? Who's got a gar- oh a garage? Ooh la la! Uh, well, what, what do you, do you call, call it? Gahol. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he meant that to be used against him. I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe that, just a wild guess about. Hey, if it works, it works. If it, I I live right, by the sword, die by the question. sword. Yeah, let's do the next one. Let's try to get through all three. Work. We're, we're ruining it already. All right. P.J. Galati sent us in. It's the call-in deal question. P.J. Galati, son of a junk hunter. Hey, guys. P.J. Galati, son of the junk hunter here, most famously known on this podcast for the Silver Walnut episode, which is still in contention to this day. And I realized I hadn't contributed anything in a while, so I figured hey, I'd hey, call hey, it. Hey, tell, tell Bill I say hi. Memphis, Bill does not know who you are. <laughs> He he knows who I am. We we talk the same. He's a Californian, not a redneck. Okay. Yeah, but he's always making up words, and you you say that I'm making the words up too. So that, that means we speak the exact same language, you know. No, Bill makes it up to be funny. You do it because you don't know any better. I don't, I don't understand what, what that means. Look, I'm I'm right in the middle of something here. I'm trying to leave a message. Oh, pardon me. Yeah, yeah. Get back to your important message. I'm sorry. Thank you. <clears throat> Now, um, the reason I was calling in, guys, is I had a, a recent bargain fall into my lap. Uh, I picked up 397 power tools for 200 bucks, And uh, I had to make two truckloads just to get it back to my shop. But uh, I had no idea where these tools were going to fit or go. Uh, and I'm wondering if you guys had a similar deal, uh, what would you do? Um, would you get it? Would you let it go? Uh, what kind of deals are you actually looking for? You know, that kind of thing. I'm all about deals. I'm looking for that deal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a good one. I'll take that one, please. So, you know, it's interesting. I don't, I, I can't, I, I can begin to imagine what happened and how he came across that. Maybe a repair center that got rid of some old stock, something, but 400 tools for 200 bucks, right? So that's 50 cents a tool. He might be joking. He might be Even joking. Even if he wasn't. So or what would you do with that? What would you do with that besides get them up and running and sell them like crazy on your Kajuji face thing, whatever it is you do? I mean, I go through, what do I want? What would be an upgrade for me? What am I missing, right? Like like baseball cards, need it, need it, have it, got it, need it, that, whatever. 
and then sell off the rest. Clean clean the hell up out of, out of these things. Take some great pictures, and away we yeah, go. Uh, I've I've had similar uh, deals. I I had a clean out in a basement of a man that had passed away, and I didn't buy any of the the big expensive tools. I bought all the hand tools, um, buckets and buckets yeah, and buckets of them, like you know Stanley number eights and like three Stanley number eights, two twelves. You know, just like crazy. And I ended up, I think I paid Whoa. 200 bucks for like everything. And there was, you know, 30 hand saws. Most of them were garbage or just not, you know, there was nothing special. All stuff you can find in a flea market any day of the week. But I just got buckets and buckets of them because that's what this guy did. He went to flea markets and he bought this stuff for a dollar a pop. Saw the price tags on half of them, never used them, you know, typical woodworker stuff. And um, I, uh, mm-hmm. I sold off, I, you know, I did what, exactly what Phil said. I, I picked out what I wanted. Um, I sold off a couple of the planes for like screaming good deals to our friends in the maker groups, like just basically to, to recoup my expense, my, my $200 investment. Um, so I sold about a half a dozen of those, maybe more, uh, kept, kept like one of each size for myself, you know, stocked the, took the screwdrivers I liked and the, and all that stuff that I liked. And then I just gave them away to kids and people <laughs> whenever I could. I stocked up my son's uh, workshop at the, the outdoor school he goes to with like hand saws and screwdrivers and coping saws and you know and just kind of gave a whole bunch of it away because it was great. I was like yeah, every time a kid came to my shop I'd be like here take this saw go make something. I have an idea. The next time you make a piece of furniture sometimes the furniture has screws or whatever for legs and feet and adjustment and stuff. Uh, take one of these old screwdrivers, clean it up a little bit, use your laser engraver to basically make it a business card, and then give it with a piece of furniture. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Next time I get a you bucket of... New Perspectives music yeah. on the shaft of a screwdriver, you can laser engrave that, right? Well, you know, when I... Stainless? Um, well, you can do the, the Ceramark or the Apolica the Chemical. I have this dry molly. It's like a lube that you can put on there, and then it kind of yeah. burns the lube into the metal. So you can mm. do that. I My guitars... Uh. I was thinking on the handle, My guitars but yeah. come with um, Allen keys. Maybe I should start doing that. If I, see if I can get it that. Yeah, that, that'd be sick. So in a combination of what Phil said and what you said, Tim, I think um, I, recently I, I had somebody watch my old um, um, modern shoe rack build that I did. And they said, oh, that's a really simple design, and I like that, but I don't have all those tools that you have. You know, everybody hears that. Yeah. So here's a way you can start getting some of those tools. If, in fact, you can find a deal like this, trade up and, and see this kind of a deal to where, hey, maybe you go to the flea market and you find some of that stuff, fix it up, clean it up, sell it, and look at it as a way to finance get, upgrading some of the tools that you need in your shop. You know, especially mm. if you found a deal where you got multiple, multiple tools for a good price, clean them up, sell them, trade them, you know, do whatever you got to do, but in, instead of just getting the money and spending it on groceries, who needs to eat or pay rent, <laughs> shelter, um, no, I'm just teasing. But it is a way to, to upgrade what you have in your garage. There's, I just heard recently um, on somewhere that somebody traded a pink paperclip on Craigslist and made, I forgot how many what it was, but it was within a certain amount of trades, he ended up with a car. Yeah, now I heard a car. Story, he started yeah. with a paperclip. And it's like, yeah. so... Look at it that way. There are ways to upgrade, reclaim, and recycle, and, and all those upcycle tools into better tools or different tools. Maybe you maybe you get a good deal on a bunch of chisels, and you're never going to use chisels because you already have paint can openers. Well, you can trade those for a cordless drill because you'd use that much more, so to speak, and so on. I mean, that's exactly what I've 
done in my making career. I found really good deals on things, used them for a while, I found them useful, cleaned them up, like just really gave them good cleanups, took much better pictures of them, usually sold them for double, and used that to move on and up to the next thing. I went from a, you know, a skill saw table saw that I got for 80 bucks, I uh, know, 40 bucks, sold it for 80. Bought a uh, contractor saw for 100, sold it for 300. And then I bought like the jet super saw that I have now, and frankly, I don't ever think I'd buy another table saw. So like this is my forever cast iron Beesmeyer Fens table saw, and it basically started with 40 bucks. Yeah, yeah. That, um, I, I just reminded me of Izzy's $50 wood shop. That was kind of the premise. He spent yes. 50 bucks on two basic tools and make stuff, then sell it and upgrade. And I mean, that's how I built my shop is by, you know, taking jobs th- that required tools I didn't have and then buying them. <laughs> you know? But that's sort of, you were selling the product. Here you could actually like, yeah. I mean, I guess, this is, I guess this is arbitrage, right? You're basically taking a product and selling it for more on a different market. Or, or, and, or, and all you're doing is cleaning and taking better pictures because people take awful right, pictures. Yeah. But, but there's also that trade aspect too, especially with our community. I didn't even think about that. But what about I do have two sets of number five Stanleys. So who in the community wants one of these? And I need this. You know what I mean? So the whole trading yeah. aspect of it is, especially in this this maker community. I mean, I know that's I, a different story. I agree. It's, it's yeah, a whole different world. I know. I personally given away and traded tools all over the world, shipped them to places. So. That's good for handhelds, but it's going to be tough to do with a table saw or a bandsaw. But on the handheld stuff, I agree True, with you. but I bet you there's maker spaces that you can get a hold of that maybe somebody's donated two or three of one thing that they don't need that you have, but they don't have something that you have. Maker spaces are a great resource, not only for if you don't have a shop, but to see what they need, help them out, and possibly get tools that you need. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. All right, we all right. Did we answer yeah, that I question? So. I think so. I think so. PJ. Okay, uh, one more from uh, from John Made It, and this one was uh, written into us. Um, it was a couple thousand words long, but I'm just going to read this one paragraph. <laughs> now, if you don't know who John is, John is our number one reviewer who has reviewed. He's the one that figured out how to review from all over the world. One, two, three, four, five reviews from him from other countries that I have to read out. Oh, really? I, I, I would also... One thing that he told us personally, but we weren't supposed to say anything, but he says that there's nobody else smart enough to be able to do that. So I say, oh, yeah, John, our audience accepts that challenge, and they're going to write us all kinds of reviews, you you guy, you. Go ahead, Tim. Uh, Good one. Okay. That was good. Um. That was easy. (laughs) Where's that from? I don't know, like, quote? Stupid thing. Um, if you have okay. lost your job or decided to quit your job, what would your plan of action be? Where would you concentrate your time and money to begin with? And what other income streams would you look at? Uh, where and how would you market yourself and your products, etc.? So the part I didn't read is like saying, obviously, we're talking about like starting a maker business from from scratch. If you know, maybe you're you like to make stuff on the weekends and you want to quit your job. And um, so I think Phil and I can both have you know personal experience with this. Um, and, mm. You know, I have said it many times. I consider I, myself the fairy real, godmother. Real quick, of, I can I can go. tell everybody I have never lost a job. It's <laughs> just that sometimes other people find it. That's all. Right. So I've never lost one. Just sometimes they tell me to stop showing up. <laughs> um, right. 
I know. I knew where it was. I knew where it was. It just wasn't mine anymore. <laughs> but uh, you know, I was I was calling myself the fairy godmother of getting people to quit their day jobs because I, you know, I I see I've seen so many successes. Like you know, and Phil, you're one of them. Uh, not that right. You know, I mean, I, I definitely think that. Uh, you know, to some extent, you hanging out with me has rubbed off on you to where you didn't go looking for another job and you tried this, and it's it's been working fantastic for you. You know, um, but mm-hmm. the, it's it's hard. Like Phil knows, and I know, like that. You know, it's the first few months. Like it's hard and it's scary, but you have to believe in yourself and you have to go out and try and do it. Um, I did. I wrote back to John when he sent us this that what I would concentrate on if I were to do it again and I guess it's how I did it in the first place like I went and I started doing this YouTube stuff and, and internet stuff um, because I thought I'd find customers there and there were some new sites like Etsy was brand new at the time and Custom Made was brand new at the time so I was able to kind of get in there and work on that but but that whole landscape has changed dramatically um, and while you still of course want to have an online presence and you want to put effort into that I think that the value in putting effort into an online presence is not to find people all over the world, but it's to find people in your neighborhood. And the idea being that mm-hmm. now when so you find someone in your neighborhood, you can show them your online portfolio and then they can see and feel comfortable and confident in your work. Um, I would, I would, instead of trying to conquer the world, I would try to conquer my town. I would just, I would tell everybody everywhere. I'd have a stack of business cards. I'd have things that I made, little wooden tchotchkes or whatever I could carry around with me. I'd have some like amazing business card holder made out of like, you know, all sorts of beautiful whatever to just every chance I get to talk to someone, be like, yeah, I make stuff. I make stuff. Because, can, I, can I speak to that real quick? Yeah. Because um, I, I witnessed that. Um, so while Casey just got out of haircut school and she had proclaimed that I will be a business owner within five years. Um, I would go pick her up at her job. She was working for a salon. And every time we'd go out to lunch or every time I picked her up after work, every single time she always had business cards in her hands. And when we were at any line at a grocery store, going to a restaurant, going over to a friend's house that was having a gathering and there's people that we didn't know, she was handing out her business cards. Hey, by the way, I cut hair and blah, blah, blah. What do you do for your hair? And I mean, just start a conversation about anything. Hand them their your business card and then keep their attention for a few minutes. I promise you, people, even if they don't keep the business card, they remember the person that caught their attention and tried to hand them a business card. Right. It works. It yeah. absolutely works. Be mm-hmm. undeniable. And that's, you know, that's how you get remembered. Don't do the, oh, I made that once and pull your phone out and spend five minutes scrolling through thousands of pictures. If you're going to show no, people no, pictures no, no, on your no, phone, no. have it at the top, have a special thing for it so you can go one, two, three clicks and hold it up. If you make them sit and, and scroll through, you've already lost them. You better... Better no, off just so. handing them a card. Just hand, you know, like, yeah, I can make that. I can make anything, just, even if you can't. Let, tell them that later when they call and say, "Oh, I can't make that." But at the at the at the you know, but you know someone that can. Like you, you know, you figure it out. If you, you know, if you, that's. I mean, that's what I did. I figured it out. It's like, yeah, sure, I can make that. And then I sweat and I lose money and I buy a bunch of tools I couldn't afford. But I get it done and now I know how to make it. <laughs> you know, just for the next one, you make money on the next one. one. So that's that's. Yeah. Keep in mind that as a as a business owner, <clears throat> your job now yeah. is salesman. Yeah. That's what you are now. Mm-hmm. You're a salesman. So you can think that whatever you want, but your job is now yeah. sales. And you're selling yourself. On the other side of that, obviously. Everything else. Yes. And your services and your ability and yourself and your confidence sell you. And then on the other side, you got to deliver whatever it is that you're promising. But the first thing you got to do is you yeah. got to sell. And... Uh, and uh, obviously, my business is not making. My business is uh, selling computer systems, and uh, and yeah, Tim's absolutely right. Those first few months, 
you're going to have those sleepless nights. You're going to have those nights and those days where you're like, did I make the biggest mistake of my life? I have three kids who depend on me. I have a wife who depend on me. I got a giant mortgage. I got all these two cars. I got this and, and you're sweating and you can't figure out what the hell you're going to do. And, and, and every other minute you got to remind you constantly and you got to sell yourself. I can do this. I know I can do this. Just have patience and believe and it will happen. And I'm extremely fortunate enough to say, uh, that I that it's working it worked you know so basically I've replaced my my salary in the last three months uh, so I it's it's done I, I've made it be uh, hopefully that continues on a regular basis now you gotta but, keep it that's a whole other thing yeah For, right one of the most terrifying yeah. things I think anybody can do and I, I just made this up <laughs> how to go from right. gratefully employed to successfully unemployed <laughs> it's not unemployed it's self-employed I don't like anything you're saying right now <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, but most of what he said is absolutely yeah. true. How to go from employed to being an employer, you know, it's a, it's a massive shift in mindset. And even before I had a team that, that, you know, was working with me and it was just me, um, you know, that is a huge shift in the way you think of there's no one watching me. Right? There's no one who's going to give me crap for not coming in on time. There's no one who's going to give me crap for not working hard enough. But guess what? You don't put it in, you're not going to get it out. So you now have to be your own boss, which is actually even more stressful because you know, you're not trying to duck out on the man here. You are and the more man. rewarding when got, you make I it happen. Was, I was going to say, the, it yeah. might be way more stressful, but the, the amount of rewarding that it is is way yeah. more than the way more stressful. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I will tell you, my first um, completed cold call, right? Because the sales cycle's long. Let's say I went, I started pitching them back in February. We just signed the contract like the end of last week, right? And this is August. So knowing that that was like a cold call, like cold, cold, cold. I pitched them, I sold them. I sent proposal after proposal after proposal. We tweaked the scope, this, that, and the other. Finally, a signature, a deposit. And I walked away from that going, this is the single most rewarding thing I've done in my entire career. It's the most incredible feeling in the world to sell something legitimate that is yourself and you own that success. When you work for someone else and you close a deal, yeah. great. You know, you, you, got, you got a win for the team. You didn't get a win for you necessarily. Yeah, there's obviously some benefit to that as well. But when you do this for yourself, yeah. Tim, you know this. It's like... Yeah. Wow, it's the most adrenaline rush. That's I've why ever when had you go life. into those mom and pop restaurants and there's that dollar bill framed on the wall, like that's not that's not mm. a little thing. That dollar bill is like the most important dollar bill to those people. Like they wouldn't they would trade a thousand dollars for that. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't. It's it's yeah. it's significant and it's it's so hard to get there. You know, but an, another point I wanted to bring up with this and is uh, like and it's counterintuitive. Uh, I mean, you need to be prepared. Like you need to, you need to have a plan and you need to execute it for every one hour I spend making stuff. I probably spend two to three hours not making stuff like, you know, in, in, to put into the business. Like it's, it's like you're talking about the sales and the cold calls and this, and that. especially in the early days, I'm a little more established now, but, um, mm. but you, you have to, you have to dig in and I don't, you gotta have a plan, but I don't believe in safety nets necessarily. Like there's a point where you have to not have a safety net. Because if you have a safety net, you're going to fail the launch. Um, like it's, well, I, I see it happen all the time. Be, your safety net needs to be yourself. Um, now, while I don't, I don't work for myself, and I'm not a maker full time. Do you have um, though? 
I have, yeah. and and it's been usually because I've been laid off. Before I got the city job that I have now, I, Casey and I met at a, a nonprofit pet hospital. Well, at some point, the economy took a dump in 2008, and I was without work. Within a week, I was building fences. I was redoing people's decks. I was putting up gazebos. I was working on somebody's car. I mean, I was doing all these things, and you, you do have to reach out. You you, you got to... It, it, you are your safety net. If you yep. know, like Phil, so the cold call might be you going, hey, I know my buddy was thinking about doing his deck. You know, I'll call him up, tell him I'll do it. I need the money. I'm not afraid to say that. Look, I just mm-hmm. lost my job. I need to do this. And after I do it and you love it, I'll give you 10% off what I'll charge you if you tell your friends about it. You know what I mean? There's all kinds of things you mm-hmm. can do, but your safety net becomes yourself. Rely on the abilities and the skills that you have. If you are a computer programmer and you've never made a coffee table and you lose your job, don't start making coffee tables. I yeah. mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to know how to make coffee tables first. And the same Sorry thing, to mean to laugh, but that's so I'm true. I'm a maker. I'm a maintenance man. I'm a kind of a jack of all trades type guy. But if I lost my job, I am not going to try and convince Phil I can do a programming ERPs. thingy bob that he does. Right? I mean, it's just that's not going to work right. for me. But my safety net is my skills, my abilities. Turn that into what you know, and if if making is a hobby, incorporate that. The more you learn about making, the less computer programming you do. Mm. So, use your yeah. Lean into your skill set. I used to tell all the every opportunity I got when I'd meet these young musicians that were really good. You know that they were really dedicated and and practice and stuff. um, The advice I would always give them, much to their parents' chagrin, is I would tell them I would say, never get a job in your life because what's going to happen is if you get a job. You're gonna start getting. You're gonna start liking having that money, and you're not gonna be hungry. You need to go out and you need to put that into the music, and then it will come. Like live in your parents' basement, do it, you know, and and, and build from there. Because I've seen so many of these kids with like this raw talent, and they just you know they get the job. Next thing you know, they get promoted. And that was even me. Like I did that. Next thing I know, I was an executive chef of a hotel. I was like, what am I doing? I was supposed to be playing the bass guitar, you know. I was like, this is ridiculous, and I, I quit. <laughs> you know? It's not to say that there's not jobs out there that people actually like. I've, oh, I've sure. got a very satisfied yeah. career. I mean, yeah, my I've you, always done yeah. something making and creating with my hands for work, so it's not mm-hmm. been as much a job for me. The security's there, the you know, all of that stuff. But you, you don't want to just. We're not trying to tell you that you're not enjoying your life if you have a job. What we're saying is, if you're not enjoying your life and your job is a big reason for it. Do something about it. And that. get out of that it's, job. It's just, you it don't happens have too to fast. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, I just, I, I love that thought and I yeah, think exactly. we should end just on don't, it. Don't be miserable if you don't have to be. Yeah. Right. I feel smarter. Um, I think I tuned with you. smarter than they were 20 minutes ago. I'm just saying. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think we have an Amer- any American ones, so I will read the next five. This one's from Australia. From preferred username, uh, title is finally a review. Tim, cool, Bill, cuddly, Phil, seriously one of the funniest people who does woodworking and electronics. That's saying something. What? Honestly, this is a really good podcast to listen to if you have absolutely nothing else to do and nothing else to listen to. Actually, it's awesome, but don't tell them. We're reading this out loud. Um, next, from Bermuda. This one's from John Made It. Uh, Mysterious Triangle. I see a big triangle. Should I go towards it? Sorry. My bad. <laughs> um, this one is from the African continent in the country oh. of Benin. Author is John Maitis. Okay, I guess. 
I'm sure it's not benign. Okay, podcast, five stars for the guilt trip. You won't find a podcast that will guilt trip you any better than this podcast. Uh, this next one is from Belgium. I've been there. Uh, also, surprisingly, from John Made It. And guilt trip, spelt G-I-L-T for some reason. I've never been guilt tripped into leaving an iTunes review like I have been by William Lutz. Except the last time I was guilt tripped by William Lutz into leaving iTunes review. And finally, from Belize which is in South America, by John Maydich. Oh, that's weird. And the title is Reclaimed Review. I've never been guilt-tripped into leaving an <laughs> iTunes review like I have been by William Lutz, except the last time I was guilt-tripped by William Lutz into leaving an iTunes review. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. That's, that's how came. you get ahead self-employed, John. It's that dedication. That's how... You do it. That's how you win. With that kind of passion, you're going you're gonna to do just fine, buddy. We love you. Yeah. Yeah. You should be unemployed, like Bill keeps saying we are. <laughs> um, weekly Ooh. tip segment. Ooh. I had one of these. Uh, do you have one? I, I can't think okay, of it, so have, go ahead. But I I, um, so I was running these wires in my truck, right? I, I ran uh, LED lights like along this, you know, sort of like the edge of the truck blah 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 and i went i was like i need to pre-wire this so i'm not snaking wires through you know holes and trying to run them down the length of the truck so i pre-wired it uh you know the truck you just ground it to the body right um and so i had it pre-wired but then i forgot on the other side of the truck i didn't run a ground wire because i was like oh well, it's just grounding the body here but then i had to connect them all together to one circuit and i didn't have a ground wire to run around to the other ground wire that connects to the body of the truck and I'd already put all this stuff in. So now I had to run the wire down and snake it through, you know, about seven feet of, of a channel of wood. And there's stuff for it to get caught on and stuff. So what I did is I ran my tape measure down and stuck it out the hole. And I taped the wire to it and just retracted my tape measure and pulled the wire right through. Well done. I've done that hmm. before. It's well done. Yeah. <coughs> DIY yep. snake. That was it. Very cool. It's a fish tape. Uh, that's yeah, they what, make that's things. That's what it's called. Right. They make things made out of a tape measure. So a fish tape measure. Yeah, they make they the electricians use them and stuff, but I don't have one. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'll go find a stick or something. And I was like, oh, I have the tape measure right in my belt. So. Yep. I've always I use coat yeah, hangers. I've done that. Seven feet of coat that's hangers. That's a good one when you sort of. Butt, yeah. No, I agree. It's usually a shorter run when I do that. I just sort of snip it and then uncoil it. Maybe you've got three feet of it and then sort of loop the end and then you mm-hmm. can tie your cord to that um, I can't remember what it was so maybe I'll remember for next week um, what grabbed your attention this week Bill Lutz um, somebody who I have been a fan of for a long time uh, is off and on, on on putting content out there but if you want to learn about making furniture about welding about just being cool Mitchell Dillman just posted a video where he made a trestle table and uh, just check out Mitchell Dillman. I love the guy. He's one of the first videos I saw that caught my eyes because he was working out of this little tiny storage unit. And he said, hey, guys, look what I just found from this warehouse. I grabbed all this old shelving, the racks from the shelving. So I'm going to cut it up. So I have now I have all this material I can use to weld with. I'm like, oh, I love him. So that was where I got it. But then he's... He recycles, um, there was these wildfires in Colorado, and he took all the wood from that, and he makes furniture out of it, and now he's just 
he's a you know he's a pretty big presence. I think he's got sixty plus thousand subscribers. He should be six hundred thousand. I think. I love Mitchell Dillman. Check it out, especially his latest build. It's a trestle table, big old wood slab, metal legs, and the, a wood trestle on the bottom. But it's just neat. And you watch it, you figure it out. It's amazing. So check out Mitchell Dillman if you haven't already. Cool. Yeah, cool. I haven't seen him in a while. Tim Slay. Uh, on Netflix, there's a series called Connected, and it like checks every button for me. Um, it's uh, one of my favorite podcast hosts from Radio Lab is the host of it, and uh, he basically shows the connectivity of how of like the the one episode Vance and I watched. We've been watching it together. Like they talked about the Sahara Desert and how this, the dust that gets picked up by the wind, how it affects. Uh, Brazil. the Amazon rainforest, how it affects uh, storms, hurricanes, um, you know, how it affects the whole world and like that whole connectivity, like the whole butterfly flaps his wings thing, you know, and I just, I get into that. I find that stuff fascinating. And uh, and so there's a series about mm-hmm. it. I've only seen a couple episodes, but both of them I, I loved and Vance and I were like, like there's this bird that lives in like Delaware or Maryland or something and it flies 4,000 miles to Brazil every winter you know, 4,000 miles over the Gulf and stuff. This little teeny tiny bird, a little brown thing, you know. Nothing fancy to look at. Um, and for some reason, it, like, every, like, it, it, you know, comes up and, you know, lays eggs, has babies, and takes off in July. But sometimes it leaves in early June instead of late July. And they can't figure out why this mm-hmm. bird leaves in early June instead of late July every year. And so finally the guy that's been studying these birds for, like, 100 years, he just starts, he goes, he puts it together against um, hurricane seasons. And the rougher hurricane seasons are all the ones that the birds left early because they have to fly through hurricane zone over the Gulf and stuff. So now that, huh. like, so then 2018 comes, he's like, I'm going to test this and see if this is just wacky, you know, like um, coincidence or what. So 2018 comes along and he's, the birds leave early. He goes, oh, okay, so if this is correct, that means we're going to have a horrible hurricane season. Every weather model is predicting a light hurricane season, but boom, 2018 was one of the worst on record. The birds split early, so the... So like, these birds are like predicting the weather. These little brown birds, that, like, and it's yeah. just like they say it's because of um, they have a, a, a sort of an organ. Well, I think it's in their nose or whatever that, that senses different stuff that animals can feel that we don't. Yeah, but months months at hand, like it's more like a yeah. sense. Yeah, they're feeling um, what's it called the, the the magnetism in the air, not the magnetism. The electromagnetic fields that the Earth gives off, right? So they'd be affected by the way the hurricanes will shift weather patterns and things like that. Which, the electromagnetic which always gets fields, me wondering, like how much, like I, I always think of Wally, like the movie Wally, you know, with like. I didn't see it. Oh, no you, well, you have to see it. Um, no, I know. You, I just like tonight. Chance, you need to watch to. it. It's the robot. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. Late, yeah. You, you haven't watched yeah. Wall E. Wall E. Yeah, yeah yes. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen. It's, it's it's so telling. And, uh, but you haven't seen Anchorman, but you've seen Wally. Wally's cool. He's a robot. Wally's the best. It's it's a great movie. No. But any, like you know, I I often wonder like how much there's all this forgotten technology like the pyramids and all this stuff. Like I always kind of wonder like did humans used to have that too and we just sort of lost it in our technology and in our books and stuff. You know, uh, you know it's sure. it's interesting. And I'm not like a mystic and I don't believe in like magic crystals or any of that stuff. But I wonder how much of that. We we had and we don't have any more of that. Just cut. meaning the, like the connection to nature, you know that that. Um, oh you know, yeah, that birds have. To nature, I, Look, I have we had periods. In some ways we've lost a lot of it, but we're gaining that back through technology. So. Mm. Yeah, 
Well, look, we've had events in our history where we lose. I mean, basically, the Dark Ages are called the Dark Ages because we lost technology and yeah, information, yeah. and we were in the Dark Ages, right? We were in the dark. And then you had sort of the uh, the Renaissance, and, and some of it came back, and we started not from where we, where we were before, but, you know, a little bit square yeah. one again. So it's, it's interesting to see. It's interesting because we'll never find out. There was information in the... Uh, the Library of Alexandria that burned down. God only knows what information we lost, right? So we're still baffled by things that the that the you know that those of antiquity knew, like how to put together these pyramids, where every block that's six hundred tons fits exactly right with the next one with no mortar whatsoever. So, like a lot of things with science too, we think we know something about something, whether it's a shark or weather. And we're convinced, okay, this is all there is to know about this thing. And then a year later, we discover something com- that we didn't know. I mean, it, things but, are, who knows? Mm-hmm. We don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Science. laughs> what a, yeah. right. Um, I, uh, so I've seen a few times in the, in some of the forums that we, uh, that we deal with or that we peruse, uh, that people ask questions about video editing software. They're like, ah, oh, what should I get? I, you know, I, I don't want to spend 20 bucks a month on Adobe Premiere, which is sort of like, you know, one of the two uh, de facto standards for what everybody uses. If you're on a Mac, a lot of people use Final Cut Pro. And I, I'm not talking about like people using iMovie that comes with. If you're happy with that, then stick with it, great. But when you're ready to move to the next level, a lot of people ask the question, what should I get? I don't want to spend a fortune. Um, and one that I've uh, been watching videos about because I'm thinking about making the jump from Adobe Premiere is called DaVinci Resolve. And DaVinci Resolve is 100% free. And uh, it's free up until uh, 4K resolution. After 4K, you gotta pay for it. And once you pay for it, it's a one-time $300. Adobe Premiere is $20 a month forever. And forever. Um, and, but if you add on After Effects and Audition, it's like $52 a month, so forever. Um, and you know, DaVinci Resolve includes competitors to those two things and it's free free you know forever and basically the way they do that is because it's made by Blackmagic and they make cameras and studio gear and all kinds of stuff and they basically want you using their software so they give it away for free um, but it's incredibly powerful and there are pros and cons to both but it's very much on par with Adobe Premiere so if you're looking for a free option and you are interested in overcoming a bit of a learning curve uh, it's not crazy, but there'd be a learning curve for Adobe Premiere or Final Cut Pro anyways. Uh, check out uh, check out that. Uh, DaVinci Resolve. Fantastic piece of software. Um, and that's uh, that's what I want to talk about. And our websites, williamlutz.com, timsway.net, and newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Send us an email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Uh, record a voice note and send it to that same email address. You can hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. On iTunes, obviously, we will read out any five-star review based on today's shenanigans. And Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the absolute best way to keep us on the air for yet another five years at least. Um, and that being said, thank you very much and have a great week, guys. Bye, everybody. Be good. <laughs>